Blog Talk Radio. Huh. Mama Dada, um, with your week ahead with Mama Dada right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network. And we're back, you guys. It's a week later. Solar eclipse has come. It is not gone. (laughs) The effects still remain, and uh, we are still in the midst of eclipse season. We, uh, if, if the solar eclipse in Virgo, New Moon was one of the bookends. Then this uh, lunar eclipse here coming up on the 27th is going to be the other end of the bookend, okay? And so we're in the thick of it. Uh, We are discussing this week the uh, week of the 20th, starting next Sunday through the 26th on that Saturday. So we are in full swing here, and we are staying a week ahead. Uh, Let's see. I'm not going to have nearly as much dead air as I did um, last week. I apologize. I am learning to master this, um, uh, the studio here in Blog Talk, so y'all just bear with me. I'm getting it together. Jeez, I don't want to get too far into it without taking the time out to honor the beer and uh, acknowledge our divine ancestors who make it possible for us to be here each And as well, our esteemed and fearless leader, Brother Anpu, <laughs> thank you so much for every opportunity I get to uh, be on the air and share um, with everyone and get a, get feedback as well on these transits, on the planetary activities, the spiritual component to all of this, which can't be separated. And so it's just an honor, a joy, and a pleasure to live my passion in this particular way that I, you know, didn't even realize I, I, I would would love the way that I do. So I'm glad to be here, and let's jump in. Uh, Let's see. Solar eclipse. Y'all have got to go back. If you missed last week's show, I think I say this every week because it's utterly fascinating to, to be a week ahead and not even really grasp the gravity of knowing the energy of what's coming because it still pales in comparison to the actual experience of living it out. I remember um, speaking last week about the eclipse and the change and, you know, gosh, everything was so right on point and uh, living it out, I'm telling you, (laughs) it's a whole nother animal. Um, I think with each passing transit and with this eclipse 
uh, this passing transit of of this eclipse being so powerful and, you know, potentially cataclysmic. I don't know what happened to you guys. Uh, feel free, please, uh, if you're online, want to call in. The number is area code 818-369-0368. If you're, online, if you're on the phone and would like to speak um, on the air live, you can press 1 to raise your hand. And if you're online and you just want to chat or have a question, you can private message me or just um, put a message in the chat, and I'll check it. But, geez, I'm I'm interested to hear some other perspectives about this past weekend and and this week so far, since the the energy is definitely lingering, the potent energy of change, transformation, endings that lead to new beginnings, is real. Okay. It's really, really, really real. And some of the stuff we're going to get into this week about the week ahead is going to give us some more tools to utilize to, I'll say, fix things. Uh, One of the ones in particular, Mars entering Virgo here coming up next week, is really going to um, give us the physical drive, physical energy, and and that we need in order to follow through with some of the th- the things that are going to be required of us in this new season. We're also going to be talking about the autumnal equinox, which is when the sun uh, enters Libra, which is sets up a whole new cycle and phase for many of us as well. We're getting into a whole new season, and we're taking a look um, it's setting us up for those months up until the winter solstice when the season yet changes again, okay? So the autumnal equinox is is uh, important to understand. And even if you don't, I highly recommend you getting a autumnal equinox reading um, or report, just like uh, some of the solar eclipse <laughs> reports I, I did on last week. I mean, I know that pe- those uh, people are going to be referring to that report a lot here over the coming months um, with the effects of the eclipse lasting up to six months into the new eclipse season. So with that being said, let's see. Let's go ahead and jump into it. I do have... Um, Quite a few horoscopes today. They're not long. I just have a, a couple of few different horoscopes for some of the different transits, and I definitely don't want to get caught like I did a few shows ago where I was not able to uh, read them all. So let's dive in. I'm just going to... Here we go. All right, here we go, guys. First things first, on the 20th, we start the week out with the moon in Sagittarius, okay? Um, The moon will have entered Sagittarius at 10.31 p.m. Central Standard Time on the 18th. So we're catching the tail end of it um, on the 20th. The, the Sunday that the week starts out on. Um, the first quarter moon that's on Monday is in Sagittarius at the 28th degree. So that kind of 
uh, rounding it out, the moon being in Sagittarius up until, uh, looks like, early morning on uh, the 21st, okay? So let's just um, discuss real quick what it means when the moon is in Sagittarius so you can identify it next week and work with it, okay? Um, the moon in Sagittarius is really upbeat and optimistic. Now, when, keep in mind, when we talk about the moon, we're talking about our moods. We're talking about our habits. We're talking about our emotions, okay? So this is the climate that our our moods, emotions, and um, habits are going to be in early next week when the week starts off. Uh, we're going to be motiva- motivated by a need to seek the truth. Um, the motto for Sagittarius is I seek, okay, or um, or perceive, but uh, I seek is most commonly used. And so during this time, we're, we could be seeking emotionally uh, for the truth. And we are ready to pursue a new vision under the influence of a Sagittarius moon, okay, because Sag is the seer, and they, um, with that energy, Emotionally, it may be satisfying to pursue or see a new vision. It is almost the antithesis of what Sag energy represents, which the opposite of details is going to be that grander, bigger picture or vision. Okay, so that may be emotionally satisfying as well. Um. Sagittarius is definitely adventurous, so um, being adventurous and uh, having new experiences are going to satisfy a deep emotional need during these particular days, okay, from the 18th, but we're going into the week of the 20th, that same energy. And uh, spontaneous, being spontaneous is going to be very fulfilling during this time as well. Um, now, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, the planet of expansion and advancement, um, but also can have a exaggerating, overdoing, overstating uh, influence, okay? Um, with the spontaneity thing, we will tend to want to wing it and not really have a plan uh, that it will at least emotionally satisfy you, if not, um, you know, uh, literally satisfy you. The activities that are favored during a Sagittarius moon are um, any type of, you know, activities where you get to wing it, traveling, um, higher educational pursuits or activities are favored, any type of advertising, physical activity, sports, um, and publishing activities as well, okay? Okay, so like I said, with that first quarter moon in Sag, that's going to be happening on Monday, um, September the 21st at 3.59 a.m. Central Standard Time, okay? So first quarter moon, probably saying not that big of a deal. It's not a new moon. It's not a full moon. It's not a super moon, <laughs> 
it's just, you know, a quarter moon. It it doesn't probably have much significance. But if you go back even two shows ago, you'll see that, you know, that the first quarter moon and the third quarter moon, these quarter moons are crisis um, um, consciousness, um, crisis of consciousness quarter moons where in between your new intentions, you know, and new goals that you've set for a new moon and the manifestation culmination time of a full moon. In between these times are pivotal times of necessary activity. It's 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 like getting to a corner. And that's what it it really represents because it's a 90 degree angle that the sun and the moon are making to each other. So it, it literally and figuratively is like turning a corner. If you think of a 90-degree angle, it looks like an L. And so if you think about a corner, it looks like an L. You get to the edge of a hallway and you have to turn a corner, you, you got a decision to make. You can stand there, you can look at the wall, you can turn around, you can go back the direction you came, or you can do the pivotal steps. <laughs> there I go with the puns again. But you can do you can take the pivotal steps required to turn the corner also, okay? So we got that first quarter moon happened early in the rising at the twenty eighth degree of Sag and issues are gonna emerge around that time. That's Monday, so you can be taking a look at Sunday as well. Um or even maybe later in the day on that Monday. But issues are going to emerge that require taking action or making adjustments. What has transpired even in the light of the um, solar eclipse, new moon, and Virgo that we just experienced, you could be required to take action on around this time or make adjustments to around this time or make adjustments regarding or concerning. Um it could be a conflict type of situation, but with the square and the challenging aspect, it can also be a divine opportunity to build, to build. Um, let's see. Uh, things that, uh, intentions maybe, or the new things, the things that, that are kind of coming to an end from that, uh, eclipse season that we had at the end of March, the beginning of April of this year, that this particular eclipse season is rounding off or finishing up. Like I said last week, when you're talking about endings, you're necessarily talking about new beginnings. And so um, things may be beginning to take off around this time from the new moon and to gain momentum. And so uh, it's time for action, not to contemplate or reflect, uh, but but for clearing, for action, and for building, okay? It's the halfway point in a quarter moon, the first quarter moon, between the new and the full moon. And uh, the sun is going to be in Virgo, or the sun is in Virgo, and it's going to be squaring the moon in Sagittarius, okay? Um, a lot of us are, are are strongly affected by lunar energy. Probably a lot of women naturally are. Uh, those uh, with um, 
their chart may be ruled by the moon. There's, there's, uh, they may just have a strong prominent moon placement in their chart, and so some people are going to feel this quarter moon phase more extensively than others, okay? Last quarter moon was significant for me personally, and so I know better now than to take these quarter moons lightly. Um, They won't have the length and duration of impact of a new moon or a full moon, but their significance is, is truly seen and felt uh, for those who are watching. And so let's see. The moon is obviously waxing um, as a new moon just occurred or the dark moon. And so now we're starting to see the crescent grow and wax again. Um, that symbolizes a return to awareness I don't know what may have transpired for you over the solar eclipse, new moon, and Virgo weekend, but the trajectory from there um, by the time this quarter moon comes here next week is going to be one of just awareness, okay? Uh, This quarter moon phase is going to be the best time to kind of tweak and improve what you've been working since this new moon, okay? And so it's a divine opportunity for sure. Some astrologers even say that the week between the first quarter moon and the full moon is the most potent. So even more so, don't take this first quarter moon lightly. It's in the middle of eclipse season, you know. It's got to be... um, it's got to be important. So don't sleep on it just because it's not, you know, the most widely discussed transit in astrology. It's significant. So let's see. Yeah, definitely decisive action is going to be prompted out of us during this time. Like I said, it's not a time of reflection and contemplation, it's a time to do. Um, now, with that being said, keep in mind, we uh, at the point that this happens next week, we will be in the Mercury retrograde phase in the thick of it. Right now, we're still in the shadow period and here just in another day, tomorrow, um, Mercury will officially retrograde and station retrograde as well as a couple of other transits, which um, reminds me I wanted to mention so many things I want to mention. If you're online, then you already see the uh, flyer going through the slideshow for this weekend's powerful My Astrology Coach Fall Equinox Retreat in North Carolina. So we definitely want to send off everyone who is so blessed to attend, um, especially all of our MAC family team members and, uh, you know, leaders and members. And so we want to send them off in love and and divine love and a circle of protection um, in their travels. 
I, of course, <laughs> wish I was going. I, I just can't get away right now. But I did attend um, the 7-Eleven stomp-off event in Atlanta, and uh, and that's one of our callers called in a couple of weeks ago to kind of follow up with that. So, of course, that was powerful, and I'm sure this one will, <laughs> I mean, with everything going on planetary, planetarily that we've been discussing here, I can hardly wait for everyone to return. I hope they do some live, maybe broadcasting, a special radio show or something so we can get in on some of the the fun and excitement of of being prosperity, of being, you know, uh, active doers and creators um, in this life. It really, really is exciting to be a part of the team it's exciting to to get the info on a constant basis. Minister Jew and Brother Ampu do a great job of just keeping it coming and of showing and proving in their own lives and in the lives of the people that are connected to them. So kudos, bravo, and I'm thankful just to be here, y'all. So that is one thing. If you're able to make it to North Carolina this weekend, go, 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 go. And um Otherwise, you know, we're definitely going to be gearing up through uh, the horoscopes I'm going to share and some other vital information. We're going to be gearing up to have a powerful, impactful, positive, prosperous fall equinox um, as well. All righty. Just want to see if I have anything else to share with you all about the first quarter moon. Give me a second. Y'all are going to trip out when I get a new computer. Oh, it's coming. And y'all are going to trip out because there will be, like, no dead air on the line. And I can go. My computer will officially be able to go as fast as my brain goes and my fingers go. (laughs) Yeah. So the quarter moon in Sag is a prelude to the full moon. It's a full moon lunar eclipse in Aries on the 27th. So, yes, the time period between the quarter moon and the full moon is going to be critical, okay? Please don't sleep on this. I'm glad it's coming along first in the week, so I can go ahead and talk about it. It doesn't trump any other transit that I'm going to tell you about this week or anything like that, but don't sleep on it. Don't, don't you know, sweep it under the rug. And, if I mean, if you're following along and you're keeping up with your transits, this will be one that you want a report done for. For the exact time of that first quarter moon, 3.59 a.m. Central Standard Time on the 21st Monday, I would do a chart for that, and that will set you up for what is to come and what you need to focus on building and, you know, constructing and the actions that you need to take in between now and the full moon, okay? Um, <laughs> I was just reading some of my notes. I don't want to read everything because I, I can't. It's just too much going on in this week ahead, and I'm having to pick and choose. Um...
it may be just that because the Sagittarius energy is kind of fun oriented, not so much like Leo, but just the adventurism and everything, you know, the optimism and jovialness um, may not want to get down to the work that is required during this critical time, but encourage yourself. Um, I know Mars isn't quite in Virgo yet, but find whatever motivates you and, and hopefully you know, this, this solar eclipse, new moon in Virgo, brought about particular events that, that, you know, have built in them motivation to see us get the job done, okay? All right. Um, at the time of the new moon, the, new, the, the first quarter moon is actually the last as, major aspect before the moon goes into Capricorn. So believe it or not, that first quarter moon is going to set us into a void of course moon for three hours and 34 minutes. Um, <clears throat> what that means is that for those three hours and 34 minutes, do exactly opposite pretty much of what I told you. Um, don't do anything <laughs> significant anyway. I've mentioned a few shows ago about the Void of Course Moon and what that meant. And since it's been a few shows now, I thought I would just do a really quick recap and so we could have that in mind because there there's one period of Void of Course this week uh, that's actually about 15 hours long. And so you definitely want to be aware of what a Void of Course Moon means while what it means for the moon to be void, of course, and what what is good to do and not good to do during a void, of course, moon. For this one, that's only lasting three hours and thirty four minutes, and it's happening at four in the morning, may not be significant. But for that one that's lasting fifteen hours, that's a whole lot of time to think about doing, you know, what it is good to do and what not to do. So let's jump into that real quick before we move on to some of the horoscopes. All right. Like I said, it's void, of course, when it de- when the moon does not make any more major aspects before it changes signs. The, after this sun square moon, first quarter moon, the moon is going to be in Capricorn. So for three hours and 34 minutes, it's void. Now, new activities, new activities that are started during the void period generally don't work out to the way we would like them to or need them to, um, or, or they need some serious adjustment in order for them to be successful. Um, so, therefore, if it's possible, you should avoid things like a first date a job interview, um, starting a business or a project during a void of course moon, okay? Now, uh, in one particular sector of astrology called horary, if a person asks a question and the astrologer draws a chart of, of that particular moment in order to find an answer, if the moon is void in that chart, they would probably advise the client that, you know, that nothing will come of the matter or no information is forthcoming. So it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just, it's whatever, it's void. It's 
nothingness. Nothing will probably come of it, and that's trying to get over. The other point I'm trying to get over is what it is good to do in a void moon. What can we do during those 15 hours next week when we can't initiate new things? Well, we can finish up projects that we have already begun before the void moon, okay? We can do some editing, some refining and reviewing. This is a period of time that is very favorable for writers who may need these to do these particular activities. Um, a void moon is good for taking stock, making to-do lists, and finding lost objects. I found a lost object today. I didn't look to see if the moon was void. Anytime's a good time to find something you love. Um, social events with friends and family who are established in your life. No new dates, no no dating new people or that first date, uh, but getting together with people you already know, I'll be fine. Uh, rest and sleep tends to be more peaceful during a void moon. So this particular one from 3.59 a.m. till about 7 would be perfect. And it's great for getting rid of excess, okay? So you definitely don't want to be meeting new people who you want to have a long-term relationship with during a void moon. You don't want to be making important large purchases. It just might not turn out as you expect it to. Um, and in a void moon, things you buy may not even get used. It's just it can work out like that. Um Definitely no job interviews. Don't present any new ideas to anybody during a void moon. And uh, obviously, don't start new jobs, begin new projects, or launch new businesses, okay? And so right after that, 733, from 359 to 733, it's void. At 733, the moon enters Capricorn, okay? So we become aware when the moon's in Capricorn, of the need for structure and planning ahead. Capricorn's ruled by Saturn, and those are those are truly some Saturn keywords there, structuring and planning. Uh, once again, wherever the moon is is where our emotional needs are going to be met and where we're going to find emotional satisfaction. So during um, Capricorn moon, we're motivated by a desire for success. Uh, We want achievement and manifestation. That's going to be important to us as of September 21st at 7.33 a.m. That's Monday. And so we start the week off driven and motivated emotionally to succeed. Uh, We're resourceful. And we don't want to waste time. Uh, Saturn is going to trim the fat, okay? So we're probably not into an early part of next week. Probably not going to be all, what do you call that, small talking. (laughs) We don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste energy. We don't want to waste resources when we're emotionally being fulfilled by structure and planning and time and our, our stark awareness of the limitations of time during this time. Uh, Saturn is a very sobering influence. It's kind of serious. Could be even a little depressing, okay? Um, 
However, it can also be really productive because Capricorn is that goat that's going to get up to the top of that mountain by any means necessary, just one step at a time, okay? It does tend to look reality in the eye, and that helps. That helps. That really helps. Um, The moon in Capricorn generally favors activities surrounding career issues, um, if you're making a business plan, it's ideal, any practical undertakings such as investments, uh, any long-term activities that are going to yield those slow but steady results because Saturn is bringing that enduring influence, okay? It's just the moon in Capricorn, so it's only going to be a, a couple of days, but that uh, our emotions being satisfied um, by this influence is just the conditions that uh, performing long-term activities that yield those slow, slow but steady results favor, okay? So that is Monday. And then uh, it looks like the moon's not going to be in Capricorn too long at all. Let's see. Hold on. Yeah, the moon enters Aquarius on the 23rd. So, yeah, just a couple of days. And the moon actually... Okay, so with the moon being in Capricorn, we're going to have on Tuesday the 22nd, Venus trine Uranus. I'm not going to give you a lot of information about this particular transit so we can move on, but I will say if you are a Taurus, Libra, or Aquarius rising, and even if it's your sun sign, but all the more if it's your rising sign and that and Venus and Uranus are literally ruling your natal chart. You might want to, if you don't have access to the programs and can do it yourself, you may want to contact your friendly astrologer and find out how you can maximize what is appears to be a, a very favorable um, aspect of Venus in a harmonious angle to Uranus. So we've got love and money and value what we value in a perfectly harmonious angle to surprises. <laughs> Could be a money surprise, love surprise, you know, something you value, surprise. <laughs> It, as, in addition to surprise, it's a breakthrough of some kind. Uranus is an electric. It, Uranus had a lot to do with this recent solar eclipse that we just had. And so I don't know about y'all, but everything that happened this weekend, I didn't necessarily see it coming. <laughs> I didn't necessarily expect it. And, you know, sometimes a, a lot of this stuff is brewing beneath the surface, okay, the, the, the quote-unquote good and the quote-unquote bad, things that have been, you know, building over time or brewing and bubbling beneath the surface over time, and then, bam, when a Uranus transit hits. Bam, when a Mars transit hits, these things are triggered. These things are 
you know, manifested energetically in some way. So that is occurring at 1059, 11 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesday night, okay? Moving on to a pretty big one. We're definitely going to park here for just a second. Wednesday, fall equinox, autumn equinox, the sun enters Libra at 3.20 a.m. Central Standard Time, okay? And so doesn't really, once again, kind of like the first quarter moon, doesn't really sound like a big deal, but uh, it's powerful and pivotal, and that's what I was mentioning earlier about the autumnal equinox um, signaling the new season and being very impactful for um, a, quite a few months. I've got some horoscopes for y'all to help y'all make it through with a little more awareness and knowledge of what's going on and where you fit into the whole picture, okay? All right, we have the sun entering Libra, uh, where, let's see, Mars already is. Venus looks like it'll be there, and at at some point, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and the sun are all going to be in um are all going to be in Virgo, but while the sun is still in Libra, Mars, Venus, and Jupiter is in Virgo, okay? And so um, that fixing kind of energy is still here, and that that that's kind of Virgo in nature. But the sun in Libra is going to be bringing that balance, okay? Libra is ruled by Venus. The, anywhere Venus comes in your chart, whether by transit or 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 um, it's natally there, Venus is bringing harmony. It's bringing beauty. It's bringing you know peace and treats. Well, with the Sun being in Libra, Libra being the sign of relationships, uh, Libra being a sign of balance itself. That's what's going to be coming. Uh, with a lot of things that happen that this Virgo new moon set off, it's going to require some balance to fix it on out, okay? To balance it on out and work it out, we want the sun to enter Libra, okay? And that's coming up here just next week. So hold on. <laughs> it ain't over. Uh, yeah, with Mars and Venus, still conjunct Jupiter there just with something to say about it, expanding it and advancing it and growing it. Uh, this particular lunate, uh, this particular transit of the sun entering Libra, Libra exact at 3.20 a.m. Central Standard Time on next Wednesday, something very well could happen. Something, an event, a circumstance to ensure that we fix ourselves and become more balanced. And that's the main thing when you're talking about fixing something. Don't be in such a hurry to try to fix somebody else because the true power does lie within our ability to go within first and emit that energy outward. And we'll begin to see everything around us change. I'm living it out. So, um. Yeah, we're going to get rebalanced by the sun being in Libra. Um, All the fixing and healing that needs to happen is is going to come. And I'll quote from a site I like a a whole lot, and I couldn't find it the other day. 
And I did some digging and found it. I'm going to quote astrology.co real quick because it was just too good. Uh, The author says, it will do this, the balancing and the healing that's going to occur. It's going to happen by ensuring many people will be given the wisdom and the common sense. That's Virgo. So Virgo right there because it's Mercury rule. To think, that's Mercury again, like well-balanced intelligent humans again, and not like greedy pigs, although that won't stop some people from still being pigs, but they will only make themselves a target of unwanted attention, like the fattened pig being noticed by the farmer or slot, okay? There's been a lot of ways uh, that things, maybe not necessarily us, you know, um, but things around us, uh, that maybe point to something in us that has been hidden or uncovered, but the balance is coming. The balance is coming. And and without further ado, let me go ahead and read these really short um, horoscopes for this, but it will give you the area of life um, that you can focus on with this transit, okay? For Aries, Sun and Libra is going to be shining a light on your relationship and bringing more of your attention to them. Taurus, uh, this particular transit can bring more focus toward your work life, daily life, and health. Um, For Aries, that sounds like your seventh house, and for Taurus, that's definitely the sixth. For Gemini, uh, that means your fifth house is going to be affected by the sun um, entering Libra. Good for you. It's almost... (laughs) You know, it's going to bring more focus on the love in your life, the fifth house rules, romance, and children, and dating. So have fun during Libra season, a.k.a. cuffing season, Gemini risings, and those with Gemini sun. For Cancers, uh, fourth house, you can now focus during Libra season more on your home, family, and emotional issues. The sun being in Libra is really going to hit on relationships of all kinds. So especially if it's going through a house for you that's a relationship house. I say fourth house is a relationship house because it deals with family. So you cancers out there, family and emotional issues are going to be highlighted during Libra season. For Leo, um, the sun is your ruler, Leo, so I'm sure with any ingression of the sun into a new sign, you are impacted energetically. And so uh, this particular one is going to be hitting your third house of communications and travel, okay? So Um, More focus and attention is going to be on your communication issues, whatever they may be, they're going to get energy will be there to balance it out and harmonize it for you. Okay, Leo, for Virgo, that's going to be second house for you. That is going to be a Venus ruled house of money and values and finances, personal finances, okay, um, Virgo? So you have more focus and attention on your finances and confidence. For Libra, the sun is entering your sign. Happy birthday, Libras. 
and it's definitely going to be first house. That's the house of self. Self. Whenever it's your birthday, the sun is in the first house of self, of identity, of it's an Aries, Mars ruled house, so of your energy, okay? So you're energized right now um, at the time that the sun's going to be in Libra, and it's going to be bringing more attention to the issues that you're having with the retrograde, since Mercury is there as well, and making you focus more on yourself, okay? So... Libra, you got a lot going on, but it's all good. It's your birthday, okay? Scorpio, the sun entering Libra on next week is going to be bringing more attention to the issues that cause us. It's going to bring more focus to the subconscious issues you're having. Sun's going to be going through your 12th house, and so um, it's going to also bring more focus on the past and on the things you need to get rid of. Keep these keywords in mind for the duration of the sun being in Libra. It's going to be in Libra until it enters Scorpio, okay? Sagittarius. Um, The sun being in, in Libra is going to be hitting on your 11th house of networking and friendships and group associations. And so while the sun's in Libra, you're going to focus more on issues with your friends, or groups that you associate with, or on the insecurity you have with your future dreams, 11th house rules, hopes, dreams, and wishes. All right. Capricorn, um, for you, the sun being in Libra is going to have you focusing more on 10th house issues, which is the top of the chart. It's the most visible part of the chart. It rules your public responsibility and your career. And so you're definitely going to be more focused on issues with your goals, whatever goals you may have, um, but namely career ones, but just goals in general as well. For Aquarius, you are going to be more focused on your ninth house issues, higher learning, your desire for freedom and adventure and travel is all going to be highlighted uh, during this sun and Libra season for Aquarius. And Pisces, last but not least, um, you've got (laughs) some eighth house things to look at. Eighth house, I I laughed a little bit because I'm I'm getting more familiar. Okay, uh, eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, which uh, Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. Not only are we physically living in the last day of Saturn in Scorpio that won't happen again. We won't be living in a Saturn in Scorpio day again after today for about 29 and a half years. And so I believe it's 2041 we'll see Saturn in Scorpio again. And so we've got that going on. My particular natal chart is geared a little bit towards Scorpio 8th house. Um, themes, and so that was my reason for the giggle. I thought I'd let you know. But for Pisces, yes, your eighth house is getting lit up with the sun being in Libra, and so more attention to your moodiness and strong, deep feelings. Eighth house is really such a, when you go deep enough, uh, you can get lost. So the moodiness and the strong feelings just 
Pisces, I definitely get a sun, a sun in Libra or fall, uh, fall equinox chart from a, a trusted astrologer. If you'd like to contact me here at My Astrology Coach, please don't hesitate to email Adrian A D R I E N N E at myastrologycoach.com, or you can get me through um, the Mama Dada Astrology social networking sites, Mama Dada Astrology on Facebook and Mama Dada Astro on Twitter. We tweet and we Facebook. So, <laughs> um, Additionally, while we're taking a quick um, uh, intermission between subjects or topics, I'd also like to point your attention once again this week to the episode information for today's show, the very top of that has a link for the Uhuru, uh, <laughs> I say it all the time, Uhuru Academy of Fort Worth. Please click the link. Please donate any amount that you can and know that it is going to a wonderful cause. Our babies, our future, we love them. We'll do anything for them. And so I, I always have to mention them whenever I get a chance. It is a wonderful cause. You will be so glad in your heart that you did, okay? All right. So then we get to the moon being into Aquarius. Um, that's going to be going on at 12.51 Central Standard Time afternoon on the 23rd after the sun enters Libra. Um, just so you'll be able to recognize that, I won't even go really in-depth with that. I'll just say that the moon in Aquarius, we're going to find our emotional satisfaction from uh, any unusual or radical undertakings by joining a group, any social pursuits, um, trying something new, or group projects. And the moon's going to be in Aquarius um, as of that Wednesday afternoon, right? After the moon enters Aquarius, we've got the sun sextiling Saturn. Now, I wasn't even going to speak on this, <laughs> um, but the sun having just entered Libra, now forming this mildly favorable aspect of Saturn, I thought I would go ahead and speak on it since it was so close to the sun having a major planetary activity like ingressing into a new sign. And so uh, with it involving the sun and Saturn, if you're a Leo rising or if you're a Capricorn rising, then the sun or Saturn rules your entire chart. You just might feel, you know, this particular transit. And it's a mildly favorable one. So my Leo rising Capricorn rising, even if you're not, if you don't know what your rising sign is, that's why we're here. Don't hesitate to contact us. We can help you with that. This is significant information for recognizing yourself in the midst of all of these transits, okay? So the sun sextiling Saturn. The way to go is steady accomplishment. One foot in front of the other, one day at a time, okay? Uh, you definitely are going to, we definitely will be reaping the rewards of past endeavors. 
It's an excellent transit for getting things done. Um, and it's an excellent environment to establish good relations with uh, this energy is bringing patience, it's bringing perseverance, and strong work ethic. Like I said, it's a good climate to get things done. I actually do see we have a caller from 631. If you'll hold on just a second, I just now noticed you, and I'll pick up the line, and we can discuss whatever you like. Thank you so much for holding and exhibiting <laughs> this sun-saturn energy of patience. Thank you. Um, Sense of duty, strong work ethic, great time to achieve goals, get stuff done. Uh, we're determined under this influence to achieve practical results and make no mistakes. So uh, seriousness is the tone, and serious and di or difficult tasks can easily be completed at, at this time. It's a sextile, it's favorable. We just put in, um, you know, our effort, and it'll get done. Uh we may have to show leadership qualities or be asked to instruct others. Uh, younger people may seek out our wisdom. Uh, it's a good time to ask for professional advice or of the advice of, you know, the older people in your life, the authority figures in your life or your elders. It's a good time. And we can be the earners of trust and respect of others at this time, especially authority. You may find our parents, teachers, or bosses uh, ha giving shows or displays of trust and respect toward us. Um, we, can, we can advance during this time, and we can be recognized during this time, especially in our professional life. Uh, and it's just a general good climate for hard work because if uh, if we're relaxing or partying during this, so it may mimic earlier in the week. Wednesday may remind you of uh, uh, Monday with the moving in Capricorn, later Monday anyway, or Tuesday, um, especially if you're a Capricorn rising. So that's pretty much it for sun tiling. Um, Saturn. Then we move on Thursday. Oh, I have a line to pick up. Thank you. Caller from the 631-909. You're on with Mama Dada Astrology. Peace. You there? Hey, either it didn't pick up successfully or um, the caller stepped away from the line momentarily or clicked over. I will check back on it before long. Okay, so we're rolling right ahead with Thursday, September 24th, Mercury-Pluto square. Now, if this sounds familiar to you, Mercury square Pluto, that's because it already happened. And the fact that we're in a Mercury retrograde cycle means it's going to happen yet again. So September the 9th, uh, Mercury squared Pluto. It's going to square again here on the 24th, which is Thursday of next week. And it's going to hit a third time, October 22nd. So think back, September 9th. Look back. Look at your call log, your email history, text history, look on your Facebook. Get a, you, it, it, it ought to give you a general idea of the climate 
that the Mars square Pluto um, transit brings. And so as a refresher, well, let me say, with it involving Mercury and Pluto, if you're a Gemini or Virgo rising as well as a Scorpio rising, Pluto rules your chart. So you may want to pay attention to this particular transit because if you remember around September 9th, Mercury square Pluto was a doozy. So don't sleep. Uh, Under Mercury square Pluto, you've got Mercury that's communication and thinking, any kind of mental processes, and then you've got Pluto, which is deep and it's intense. It's everything I was telling you about Pluto, Scorpio, and eighth house. And so you put those two together, and what do you come up with? You've got deep thinking, intense interactions, um, researching a specific idea or topic. Um, We all need to watch that we don't become too seriously extreme or develop conspiracy theories during this time. Uh, even if we're focused on a really moderate point of view or bland topic, we'll use extreme or coercive methods to express our thoughts. Just be mindful and cautious and aware of that. Uh, We may try to force or convince others and criticize, uh, and we may actually encounter criticism or conflict, and we may become defensive but it's important uh, to not let a fighting spirit complicate matters anymore, okay? You'll have to go back to the show uh, that included the week ahead of September the 9th, and I gave a really, really good breakdown of um, the Mercury square Pluto energy. So I won't go too far into it um, this time around because I've got a couple more horse I want to share. Uh, We could be worried or troubled, a little paranoid, even suspicious with this combination. We're defensive, and we just might take it personally when other people don't agree with us or adopt our opinions, okay? Moving on. Um, Also, Thursday is when Mars enters Virgo. It's happening that evening at 9.17 Central Standard Time. So we've got Mars. So look out, uh, my Aries risings, uh, because your chart ruler is making an ingression. You may, you just may feel it. <laughs> so Mars ruling aggression is entering Virgo. You know, Virgo wants to be detail-oriented and organized, so our drive, our um, energy is going to be in the realm or environment of organization and details, okay? And it's an earth science that's going to help us to ground and find a way to direct our energy in a more organized way. So it's in in Virgo, let's In Virgo, Mars is not really able to achieve all the desires instantly like it wants to. And so it's further kind of hemmed in by uh, the challenging square that's going to be going on. I'll tell you all a little bit about that from Mars to Saturn. So 
just keep that in mind. Mars and Virgo is going to help us to be flexible. Virgo is a mutable sign. It's going to help us to be adaptable and to act, you know, holistically. But it's very earthy, you know, grounded way, a tangible way. And let's see, Mars is momentum. It's the urge to act. A vital, inspired Mars is going to be the fuel for getting things done. Um, Virgo is mutable. And so the physical dexterity that Mars is going to be able to display is going to be prominent. And so this particular uh, transit of Mars going through Virgo is going to be really good for reorganizing, rearranging, or refining our moves. Um, Virgo is a patient sign. And so it's able to continue on with repetitive tasks. So it's a good time with Mars going into Virgo for settling into some sort of daily practice and sticking with it. Mars is in Virgo to help us do that. Whatever we're wanting to get better at, um, Mars being in Virgo inspires a a real step-by-step method that is practical. Um, It can be hard um, to put um, effort into things that doesn't make sense or isn't helping us build toward a goal. So that's going to be critical component to this transit being smooth. Say I've got a few horoscopes for y'all just to help you out with identifying this energy and knowing how to make it best work for you. Now, must do three must do's with Mars being in Virgo. Pull weeds, prune, and compost. Okay? You're, that Mars and Virgo energy is going to help us do the things we don't necessarily want to do but must do. We can also initiate a routine of practice to steadily improve our ability. This is going to be a great time to set something up. I don't care if your goal is to eat a grapefruit a day. I don't care if your goal is to drink a gallon of water a day. I don't care if your goal is to exercise three times a week. Actually, this is a good time for something to do every single day. So I don't care if it's stretching every day. It's the perfect climate to put something into daily practice because all the inner universal energies are lined up to support us in it, okay? And lastly, we could go through a junk drawer or everything in the closet, see what's worth keeping or what's, um, what must be given away, okay? That's just some practical. I like, I, I like a practical astrology where it's not so up in the clouds and you can actually do something with it. Um, while Mars is in Virgo, it's going to make a couple of different um, major aspects. The one I'm going to talk about here in just a second, um, a square to Saturn, is one of the more uh, most significant ones. Uh, the motivation to be precise with aim and take action to feel productively moving toward 
our highest aspirations is going to be a theme for that. And with a opposition of Mars and Virgo to Neptune and Pisces, um, uh, October the 6th, we're going to be able to make the most of that aspect by getting into a productive groove while making room, leaving room for the imagination, okay? So let's get into it, Aries. You're going to start us off. Uh, Your ruler, and I believe these are from the Dark Pixie Astrology. Y'all know I like that one. Aries, your ruler Mars will enter Earth sign Virgo on September 24th, and you can benefit when you focus on your work. And you might and you want to get as much work done as you can. This can be your actual work with your job or the work of daily life and the little tasks and chores that we all have to deal with regularly. You can make lists and get organized, create a routine that you stick to, and try to do things in an orderly manner. The more you do, the more you want to do. So try not to push yourself too much and get plenty of rest. This can be a good time to look for another job or get presented with new work opportunities. So be a good time. It can also be good for focusing on your health and improving your lifestyle. Um, you can have an in Aries. You can have an um, increasing focus on your work life as the month goes on. Not only with Mars entering your work sector, but the solar eclipse in your work sector. You can get a lot of work done, start new projects, and feel good about the work you're doing. And if you don't, you can work on changing so that the work you're doing is something you're passionate about. You don't want to do anything you don't really believe in, and you don't waste your time on anything you don't love. All right, Taurus, for you, Mars, entering Virgo simply means that you have more energy and drive for love and for your hobbies. That sounds very fifth house. You enjoy doing the things you love and you want to carve out more time for them. You can take time away from work to focus on play. You can find opportunities through your hobbies, being creative and channeling your inner child. You want to be seen and given attention and you can thrive under the spotlight. You can take on more hobbies and give more attention to the ones you have. Your love life, too, can become more and more of a focus as the month of September goes on. Um, Not only Mars entering your love sector, the solar eclipse that happened in your love sector, and you want to have more love in your life and enjoy the love that you have, and you can be more affectionate and generous. If you're in a relationship, dear Taurus, you can make it fun again and inject some sparks into it. If you're a single tourist, you can have an easier time meeting new people and taking advantage of the social opportunities um, that you have to be seen. All right, Gemini, for you, Mars entering Virgo means um, that you're going to have more energy when you're supported and feel comfortable, and you can have extra emotional energy as well. The more emotional you get, the more energetic you can be. And you can use your emotions as fuel to inspire and drive you if you don't let your feelings get out of control. You can get in touch with your feelings and have a better understanding of what you're feeling. You can focus on your home and family life, spending more time with the people you see as family, 
and making the home you have as comfortable as possible. Uh, I said feeling in that horoscope about three times, and that triggered me thinking about fourth house cancer, and that's exactly the area it's going through for you, dear Gemini's. Mars um, entering Virgo is going to be touching your fourth house. For cancers, you're going to have more energy, 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 energy. That's Mars, okay? And Mars moving into Virgo for you, Cancer, means you're going to have more energy to focus on mentally stimulating projects, coming up with new ideas, sharing and expressing yourself openly, and connecting with other people mentally. You can have more mental energy, come up with more ideas, (laughs) and find it hard to keep anything to yourself. You can identify strongly with what you say, with your ideas and your opinions, you want variety in life and you can take on lots of little projects and social activities to keep yourself busy and your mind occupied. All right, Leo, you're up. Mars and Virgo for you. Um, Mars is actually going to be leaving Leo, your sign. And so your energy is going to kind of slow down. Okay, the very planet of energy is leaving your sector of the chart. And so you have better focus and can stick with whatever you start. You enjoy getting in touch with your body, with nature, stimulating your senses. You can also feel good when your finances are in order and you focus more on that. You have energy for financial opportunities and you can see more of them presented to you. You can also be more of a spender, so watch it. Now, Uh, This is hitting your second house, Leo, okay? So your finances become more important to you as the month goes on. Uh, And you want to ensure that you're in a good financial position. Mars enters your financial sector and the solar eclipse occurred in this sector, sector too. So it can be good for you to think about pursuing financial opportunities that present themselves to you or to create ones for yourself. You may not be great with the fine print this month, so leave that to someone else while you focus on the larger ramifications. Okay, Leo? All right, Virgo. Um, Mars is entering your sign. So you get a surge of energy, uh, drive, and excitement. You can focus on what you want to do, and you have the drive to get going. You can feel less timid than you usually do and can't wait to get started on the ideas that you have. You feel you have good energy on your side pushing you. You're finally coming out of the shadows and into the light, and you're ready to take the plans you've been working on for some time and make them reality. Mars came out of your 12th house and went into your first or will be going into your first. So, Virgo, you can begin to see the opportunities all around you as the month goes on. Mars entering your sign, solar eclipse in your sign, and Jupiter in your sign. So this is your time, Virgo, to shine. Though maybe not right this second with your ruler Mercury retrograde and making you feel a little off, but it can be an amazing time to try something again, give something a second chance. And you can see it work out this time. Just be careful with your finances during the second half of the month, okay? For Libra, Mars is entering Virgo, the sign of the four yours. 
So you have the most energy and drive when you're alone and on your own. Mars is in your 12th house. Uh, it'll be going through your 12th house while it's in Virgo. And you can prefer to not have anyone around you making demands and draining you of your energy. You can enjoy being in the background out of the spotlight and not have anyone paying attention to the plans that you're working on. You can be more spiritual, intuitive, and tuned in to the subtle energies around you. Okay, almost done. Um, I'm going to take a swig of water before I do Scorpio. One moment. All right, y'all stay hydrated, okay? Neptune is still retrograde. (laughs) And so, Scorpio, Mars is entering Virgo. You have more energy and drive when you are with your friends. Sounds like 11th house to me. In groups, you have more energy and drive when you're in groups you belong to or championing causes you believe in. You can spend more time with friends and make new friends, meet lots of people who share the same views as you, and join new groups that believe the same thing as you do. You can be more comfortable in a group or crowd than you do alone or one-on-one, and you want to participate in the world and feel like you're making a contribution. You can also focus on your future dreams and what you hope to do with your life. Sagittarius, uh, Mars entering Virgo for you. Um, just uh, means that you're going to have the most energy and drive when you're focusing on your goals, 10th house, career goals, public responsibility. So you can be more ambitious and driven, wanting to make sure you're going in the right direction and can experience a high point of sorts in some part of life. You can work hard and smart for what you want, Take on responsibility well and have a more mature attitude. You can accomplish a lot with your great focus and discipline now. Now, Sag, for you, you focus more on your career and goals as the month goes on with Mars being there. Um, This area deals with career and life paths, so that's significant. And then the solar eclipse, you feel more ambitious, driven, focused, and hardworking, and you can work on making progress with the goals that you have. You may question your future dreams with the Mercury retrograde, but don't make any decisions to veer off the path you're on just yet. It's a temporary feeling of indecision and self-doubt, okay? Capricorn. Uh, Virgo, fellow earth sign. So you're going to have the most energy and drive when you're having new experiences, exploring the world, and expanding your life in new ways. Okay, Capricorn, Capricorn rising, you can be a lot more enthusiastic about life and optimistic about situations, and you want to get out into the world and see what it has to offer you. You can think big and come up with big ideas and you believe in your ability to achieve them. This can be a great time for travel or to take up a course of study, exposing yourself to a whole other world. That's ninth house keywords, okay, Capricorn? Aquarius, uh, this particular transit can make you much more serious, okay? Eighth house, you take life more seriously and you want to focus on serious, deep matters and subjects. You can be more investigating, wanting to get to the heart of any matter, and you can find all there is to find. 
You want a closer connection to the people you're closest to and want to get to the inner core as well. Intimacy becomes more important for you, and this is a good time for you to work on opening up emotionally, dear Aquarius, as well. Aquarius can be known for being quite detached. So it sounds like a bit of a stretch, but it's for your own good, okay, Aquarius? You can also benefit from doing something that is not only good for you, but for another as well, and you can enjoy sharing what you have. Lastly, Pisces, Mars entering Virgo is the actual sign opposite of yours, and so you have the most energy and drive when you're with the people you're close to and have a partner by your side. You enjoy the company of people in your life, especially one-on-one, and can thrive on having a partner during this time, okay? You can be comfortable with showing how committed you are to them, and you want to improve your relationships so you become closer. Having some balance in your life also becomes more important to you, and you can benefit when you do feel more balanced. Uh, that's going to be seventh house, dear Pisces, and so you know you can you can have the perfect balance, or you can have a tug of war. Uh, you can give more focus and attention to your relationship. You've got Mars going there, and the solar eclipse happen there for you, Pisces. Pisces rising. You want to be with loved ones, and you feel that relationships are important to you and can benefit you in many ways. The Mercury retrograde during the second half of the month might make you a little clingy, though, so watch for feeling emotionally insecure and work on that if you start to cling. That rounds out that. And uh, on the that night, Thursday, September 24th at 11.02, the moon does go void, of course, and that's when what I was talking about earlier in the show, when it voids for 15 hours and 41 minutes to be exact, and uh, the moon doesn't enter Pisces until the next day, Friday afternoon, so that's a pretty extensive time for a void, um, not the longest, but a pretty good amount of time, so definitely keep in mind what I've, I've been um uh, mentioning to you guys about the void, of course, the moon. Then Friday, September the 25th, uh, before the moon enters Pisces, while it's still void, stations direct. For my Scorpio risings, I'm sure you're sighing a, a sigh of relief. And for everyone else of us, since it is an outer transiting planet, it affects more of us, and so we're probably have already been feeling it too. It's in the, it's in the zone right now of stationing direct, and so it's you know it it comes off as slowing down or pivoting. So it's pivotal. It can be pivotal for many, many, many of us. Don't sleep on Pluto. You can't sleep on a planet that rules utter and deep transformations. You can't sleep on a planet that rules death and rebirth. You can't sleep on a planet that rules the eighth house of deep sharing and intimacy, okay? So we're not. We're going to touch on it here. 
Let's see. I mean, come on. Total and complete transformation uh, from one thing to another. That makes me think of this, you know, eclipse season. Uh, things not necessarily ever able to be the way that they were before. That's a Pluto kind of theme because the will the butterfly ever be a caterpillar again? No. Will the the old man ever be a baby again? No. Okay. So it's a good it's a good energy. This whole Pluto retrograde transit was a good is is a good opportunity for releasing and letting go. That's what the eighth house is about: releasing and letting go, and trusting in the change, trusting in the the transformation, trusting in the psychological process of feeling a little lost, not knowing what we're becoming, you know, not, I'm sure when a caterpillar is first, a butterfly is like, wait, I was just, you know, crawling around on my stomach and crawling around in the dirt. Now I'm, I'm beautiful. And now I'm flitting and flying from one place to the other. So I'm sure it it's scary. It can be scary. It can be frightening um, and terrifying, especially if <laughs> we want to be in control, which is another, you know, kind of Plutonian Scorpio theme, uh, the control. So uh, it, it definitely is a time where we're having to kind of uh, be comfortable being uh, with with out of feeling out of control, and so and and allowing the change to to happen. Okay, uh, whatever. Uh, okay, yeah, I would definitely just want to get into your chart if you have any specific questions. Uh, everybody's chart has a Scorpio house in it, okay? So Pluto rules that house. So you could easily look inside of your chart, see where Scorpio is, and know that that area of life will will most likely and probably already has been very affected by these stations of Pluto retrograde. Um, Pluto retrograded at 15 degrees, and it went back to 12. So between 12 and 15 degrees, uh, especially with the challenging aspects, the Aries, Cancer, and Libra, if you have any planets or points in between 12 and 15 degrees of Aries, Cancer, or Libra, you know, you probably already know all too well everything I've said and about to say about this particular transit of Pluto. Um, hopefully you've been handling it well. If you have, you'll know it by this. You'll be able to recognize that you've been handling your Pluto transit well if you have been trusting your process of change and not fighting it, understanding that the war is over and that it's time to remove the corpses from the battlefield. Yep. Uh, if you're different <laughs> since this um, transit started, then, you know, you did it right. 
if you if you've been letting go of what you don't really need, you've been in the vein of uh, the right vein of this transit flowing with it. Um, if if what's left after letting go of what you don't really need is proven essential and true, you're in the vein. Uh, so so we're not only being promised with the Pluto transit, the rebirth of whatever area of your chart is being touched in life. Um, um, also, but just by uh, uh, the death portion of the death and rebirth, okay? Um, so not only the rebirth, the gift, but the death part. We 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 we. If we've been doing it right, we're we're uh, having a growing sense of understanding and appreciation for not only the rebirth part but the death part as well. So we're flying. We're flying with Pluto about the station direct here, and I do have some horoscopes for y'all on this too. But with Pluto about the station direct here next week, or stationing right now, uh, it's time to fly. It's time to fly into our new life. Just don't forget the caterpillar, okay, because the cycle is going to come up again and again over the course of our lives. So with that being said, Aries, Pluto ends his retrograde in Earth sign Capricorn on September 25th, and you, Aries, have likely been struggling to gain power and control over your career goals and direction over the last few months. Now, with the retrograde about to be over, you can find your way again and feel that you have more power than you realize. All right, Taurus, Pluto ending his retrograde in Capricorn, you're likely made, it can likely make you feel like you um, couldn't pursue the opportunities you had over the last few months, struggled over power and control of your beliefs or of your ability to expand and explore. So now you're going to be able to regain control in those areas, all right? Gemini, you've probably been feeling like you've been struggling over power and control of your life for the last few months or that you haven't been able to make the transformations that you want to make. With the retrograde over, you can get your power back. Cancer, um, the retrograde was happening in the sign opposite yours in Capricorn, and so it's likely made you feel more struggles over power and control in your relationships in a subtle way over the past few months. Now that the retrograde is going to be over, you can try to work on balancing the scales of power. What a interesting position to be experiencing this Pluto retrograde through, but um, putting in the evidence in your relationship is a a powerful testament to how um, things can uh, die and be reborn in our relationship. So hopefully good for you, Cancer. For Leo, um, you've likely felt some power struggles and control issues with your work and your daily life or with your health over the last few months. And now you're going to be able to get some control back in those areas. Virgo, um, you have likely uh, 
been made to feel like you've been struggling over power and control with your loved ones um, or possibly someone you've been dating um, or possibly with children is what's affecting your fifth house, okay? So now you're going to kind of get back to normal again with the retrograde coming to an end. Libra, um, likely you have been feeling like you've been struggling for power or control over your emotions at home or with family over the last few months. Now you can try to find some balance again, okay, Libra? Um, For Scorpio, you've probably been feeling like you've been struggling over power and controls of your ideas and with your mind over the last few months and felt off in a subtle way since Pluto is your ruler. Now that the retrograde is going to be over, you can work on having control again and feeling more like yourself, okay? Um, For Sagittarius, you've probably been struggling to maintain power and control over your finances and security over the last few months. With the retrograde over, you can regain some of your financial power back and feel more secure, uh, more powerful and secure. Capricorn, Um, Pluto's been going on in your sun. So you, you like Scorpio with Pluto being Scorpio's ruler, uh, it'll be the same thing. You're going to feel a little more like yourself, and uh, you may still sense, uh, you can still, because Pluto's going to still be in the zone of the retrograde till it gets back to full speed. You can definitely still feel a struggle over power with others, okay? So just be mindful. It should ease up and get better and kind of release and relief. Um, But for you, since it is still going to be going over those same degrees in your sign, the energy is still there, and you can still feel just a bit of a struggle with others. And Aquarius, um, you've likely been feeling a struggle with your subconscious mind. It's been going on in your 12th house and issues over power, um, you know, for the last few months. And so now that the retrograde is going to be over, you can work on taking control over them again, okay, taking control over your subconscious mind and over any issues you may have been having over power. Lastly, Pisces, um, 11th house has been touched by this Pluto transit and has likely made you feel some struggles over power and control with your friends groups you belong to or your dreams over the last few months. So now you can begin to balance the power in those areas again. All right. Uh, Lastly, this Mars uh, square Saturn transit I told you about, we we got Mars going in the Virgo uh, in the week ahead, and it's making immediately pretty much um, an aspect to Saturn, uh, a challenging one, a square. Saturn will have just um, been in the first degree of Sagittarius and it's squaring Mars in that first degree of Virgo. So uh, this theme also was associated with the eclipse 
and it just kind of signifies hard work with little gain, frustration, and possibly even anger. Uh, Mars is going to align in this challenging square to the restrictive force of Saturn. It could create a sense of being challenged from outside forces, or it could cause us to feel that kind of hemmed-in feeling and unable to achieve our goals and dreams. So what is required? Patience. Anytime Saturn's involved, patience. Take a few days. Step back evaluate our progress, consider our next steps, and that'll go a long way towards the future, our future success, okay? Mars is what our drive and it's our energy and our, our, our actions, and we're needing to kind of discipline those and structure those and be patient with those. Take a few days, evaluate progress, consider our next steps. And uh, this energy is is um, associated with the full moon because this is what the 20, this Mars-Saturn square is on the 25th and then just, and it's, it's at, in the evening, so not even a full two days later, we're going to have that lunar eclipse, okay, the second of the two bookends of uh, the full moon. And so it's going to require a conscious effort um, around that full moon to identify and clarify our needs and desires. That's Mars. Our our drives, we need to identify and clarify those drives and develop a plan. That's what Virgo and Saturn are wanting. That Virgo and Saturn energy wants us to do, develop a plan. Take those few days, step back, evaluate, consider have a plan uh, to fulfill our drives, our needs, and desires in a way that maintains balance and harmony in our personal relationships and our relationship to the outer world, okay? That's that Libra-Venus influence. And so um, with that, it looks like we have come to the close of the show. I do have to see a caller from last week. And so once I end the show, call it from the 720, I'm going to give you a call because I know who you are and I'm excited to talk to you. Um, with that being said, y'all, it's it's a, another powerful week in the middle of eclipse season. Um, we just did the week ahead, which is going to close this particular eclipse season out. And we're going to be live back here on the My Astrology Coaching Network next week, getting into it once again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your support of My Astrology Coach. Thank you for your support of Mama Dada Astrology. We love you. Peace.